episode 2550 of Don't BS Job Search Advice Radio. I'm Jeff Alton, the Big Game Hunter. I'm the host of this show as I have been for more than 12 years. And this is going to be the last of the long-form interviews I do for quite some time. A lot of work goes into them in preparation, in reading, uh, in pre-interviews, and this year I've got other priorities I'm working on, so I don't want to do any more of them for quite some time, and this I think is a good one to end on. Claire Buck-Luce coaches me, uh, and we use this as an illustration of things that you can be doing to help yourself. Yes, she's got a book out, and there's information in the show notes about it, but the real thing is setting your priorities going forward. Her book is geared toward women, at least the title is, but most of the material is really good for men as well. So I hope you find this enjoyable. I hope you find it helpful. And we'll be back in just one moment. So my guest today is Carolyn Buck-Luce, a gifted strategist, leader, and executive coach who spent her career building highly effective cultures, businesses, teams, and leaders in private and public nonprofit sectors. A diplomat, a Wall Street banker, a management consultant, there's a whole list of things she's done in her career, now executive coach. Uh, It's given her an unusual and unique perspective on building a hardware operating system for organizations. And she served in a variety of capacities advancing women's leadership, including a past board chair of the New York Women's Foundation, a former woman of the year, uh, a winner by the Healthcare Women's Business Association. She even was appointed by Mayor Bloomberg in New York as a commissioner of New York City's Commission on Women's Issues. And if you saw the full bio, it just goes on forever with accomplishments and successes. And somehow or other, she managed to work in writing a book, Epic, The Women's Power Play. I just want to make sure I had this right. The Women's Power Play book. Carolyn, welcome. Thanks for making time today. Well, also, I just have to say uh, a wife, a mother, and a grandmother, because I think those have been my hardest jobs. I I know as a dad, that's the hardest job of all. I so admire my wife, who's taken point on our son so often, and it's a tough job, to say the least. And and never ending. There is no retirement on that one. Oh, God. (laughs) I was hoping. (laughs) No, 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 no. My mother is 94, and I occasionally ask her when she stopped worrying about me. Never. And she looks at me and said, what do you mean stopped? Amazing. <laughs> so, folks, we're going to play a game today, and I'm going to be the player, and I'm going to be coached uh, today. So Carolyn is going to be my coach as we play the decade game. And what the heck is the decade game? And how did you come up with this idea? Well, this is something that came to me when I was eight years old. And uh, I want to remember that age because that, we're going to come back to that, Jeff. But it was 1960. It was the middle of the Cold War, the first Cold War, for those of you who followed the news. And uh, 
we were hiding under our desks in elementary school because of atomic bomb drills or hiding in our lockers as if that would save us. And John F. Kennedy was running for president. And he said, don't ask what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And I was like, reporting for duty, sir. Because that's when I realized there was a purpose larger than myself. And that I was no longer a a self-contained thing. That I was actually a baby citizen of something bigger. And that I needed to answer the call. So I had to figure out, well, so what does that mean? Like, how do I live in my purpose? And the farthest that I could think was 10 years when I would go to college, be independent, leave the home. And I began to start imagining who, what I would study and how I would answer the call. And 10 years later, I ended up going to university, studying Russian, and my first job, 21 out of school, was a diplomat in the former Soviet Union, telling America's story story, and trying to spread the Taunton peace. So I didn't call it the Deca game at the time, but what I learned is number one, it was up to me. Number two, I was part of something bigger. Three, I was called to do whatever my job was. And four, it was up to me to figure out what that job was. And that was the beginning of the decade game. And thus the title of the book, Epic. Well, I think of Epic as being incredible, huge, monumental, um, enormous, uh, and fantastic all at once. It's all of that. And? And, however, comma, we think about epic that way as an adjective, bigger than, better than, greater than, all about needing to do something we haven't done yet. However, the original meaning of epic was a long form story of daring do, daring to do and daring to be. Now we think about the epic of Homer or the Odysseus epic. So a long form story of daring to do and daring to be, which actually means not what you're gonna do in the future, but what you, how you feel about your ability and what, you, what your commitment is. Because it turns out we all were born with the power of the universe inside us. Mm-hmm. And the more we own that we're the author of our own epic and feel that agency, that's what I mean by epic. Fabulous. I'm ready to play if you're ready to coach. I am. Okay. So now let me just say that uh, I want everyone to know that the decade game is a, a framework uh, for reimagining what your job is. Because your job isn't what someone's paying you to do. Your job is what is your becoming? 
how do you manifest epic and how do you make choices around the right experiences, the right relationships, the right skills, and the right knowledge that you are committed to acquire in order to be able to manifest your epic. So let's start by what's the purpose larger than you? So I talked about the fact that at eight, I became aware that there was a purpose larger than me around leading in a way that would create a world that works. I think we all had a moment when we first got introduced to our own purpose. And interestingly, here's the hardest question in the world and probably the most important question of your life, which is why are you here? But we have a hard time answering it. So our first exercise, Jeff, it's mission if you're willing to accept it, sure. is when was, when was that moment for you where you, you realized it was a purpose larger than yourself? And how did you understand it at that time? I would say I was in college and I was a political kid and started to work on political campaigns in New York because I believe people needed help. And it's interesting how fundamentally over time that's become an operating system for me is helping people. So my initial moments were, uh, I, I don't remember which year of college it was, but it kind of kicked in for me uh, when I was there and started to work on politics to try and make a change in the world uh, through through that, uh, through campaigns. So I'm going to push you a little bit on that. Good. Because the way I like to define purpose, which is sort of the, uh, the whole, what holds the whole decade game together is what is a particular theory that you have about how the world gets better that you feel and have always felt called to make your own unique contribution. So how does the world get better? And there's lots of different ways the world gets better. Kinder, healthier, more just, more equal, more peaceful. It's really something almost universal like that, where you said, ah, that's the shift that I'm gonna, that's gonna be my life's work. So when you talk about political campaigns and wanting to help people, what was it in particular? What was the stuckness where the world needed to do some shifting that you said in particular, this is, this is my swim lane? And what I saw at that time in college was that most people were trapped in mediocrity. And thus, uh, they lived quiet lives of desperation, to use the famous quote. Um, and they did things good enough, but they really wanted to be left alone. They wanted to, they were conditioned to be ordinary and mediocre and not to aspire. Uh, and where they still aspired was about being better employees, which I kind of learned 
Well, I, I think I, I knew it for the longest time, but most people were trained in school to shut up and do what they were told to do, regurgitate a bunch of facts when you were told to do it or else. Um, and that or else, of course, you know, translates into when you're in school, you're not going to get a good job, you're not going to get to a good college. When you in college, it progresses to you're not going to get the good job. And when you get when you get the good job or a job, you wind up in a situation where you know you still have to do it or else you're going to get fired. And it was living with these constant and perpetual fears imposed that caused people to be small. And I want to help people break out of that. And now I have language to it, but I didn't at that time. Right. Well, so that's the thing about purpose. You don't have language. Your language gets more sophisticated as you actually get wiser about how the world works. But the instinct was there. So what I'm hearing from you in sort of shorthand, is for you, the world got better when people trusted their epic. To use your term. Yes. Why not? Why not? No reason I can think of. And you'll have your own language, but that purpose actually becomes your life work. So no matter, and you're, you might be temporarily out of the job, but you're never out of, i sorry, you might be temporarily out of a product, but you're never out of a job once you know that, that your life's work is to help people find and trust their epic. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I want to translate this for the audience uh, and say, what Carolyn has helped me do is to go back in time and start at an earlier age. And with my first awareness of what I now call be the desire to help people be great, she calls epic. Uh, and uh, in doing that, how it surfaced, and you'll notice she prodded me a little bit uh, for a little bit more texture uh, in order to explore. And I'm, I'm doing this because you can engage in your own process with support, with the book, um, with the MyDecadeGame.com. Am I right about that? That's it. Uh, and um, be able to, to engage in your own version of self-discovery and start this process off for yourself. And it's better working with someone. Let's continue. <laughs> okay. So what we've just established is your life's work which should feel liberating to know that if you look back in history, all of your quote jobs have been in service of your life's work. So to actually know what your life's work is, is very helpful as you think about which mission you're gonna take on at any time, which is the how are you gonna manifest that particular life work at that particular time? So let's go to the next exercise, because I said your job is not what people are paying you to do. Your job is who you are becoming. And that's the objective of the decade game. The objective is to say 10 years from now, wouldn't it be cool if I knew myself and was known by the people who love me 
and the people who count on me as, and then you fill in the blank. Now, do you remember the game Mad Libs? Did you ever play Mad Libs when sure. you were a kid? Okay, so Mad Libs is you get a story, but it would have some blanks in it. And it would just tell you, put a noun in here, or put an adjective in here, or put a verb in here. And you'd come out with outrageous ideas, and it would totally change the story. Because I said earlier, we are the actual author of our own story, except a lot of us have stories in our head that compress us, contain us, stories of I'm not good enough, imposter syndrome, or I'm too much, I better dim it down, I better not really share what's really inside, I better pretend, all those types of things. So the objective of the game is to actually come up with your future job title by answering the question, wouldn't it be cool if I knew myself, meaning a leader at home, this home, your heart home, if I was known, if I knew myself known by the people I love, which is your family, the one-on-one -on -one relationships that you love, and known by the people who count on me, which is the world. Because I believe all of our jobs are to be the leader we long to be at home, at work, and in the world in service of that big purpose. Okay, so now here's the Madeline. You have to answer that question, wouldn't it be cool if I knew myself and was known by the people who love me and count on me as, now you have to pick a great adjective, an iconic subject, a compelling verb, a targeted object, and an epic outcome. Now I'm gonna say that again and I'm gonna give you an example. You have to come up with a great juicy adjective in uh, a, a super superhero subject, a compelling verb, a targeted object and an epic outcome. So for example, at 60, I had mandatory retirement from my partnership at EY. I was the global healthcare leader I built a billion dollar business for EY, which is a professional services firm, but we had mandatory retirement at 60. So I needed to set my game for 70, because by the way, I believe that every decade is the best decade yet, but you're responsible for building it. And so I set my Mad Lib, my new job title this way, at 70, and by the way, I turned 74 months ago, at 70, it's gonna be so cool because everyone's gonna know me, myself, the people who love me and the people who count on me as an organizational shaman, inspiring humans to live epic lives. So that became my job title at 60. And then all of a sudden I had a new job not what they were paying me to do, but what I was gonna say yes to in terms of experiences, knowledge, networks, skills, et cetera. So now it's, how, how old will you be in a decade? Well, I'm currently, folks, you may not know this, I'm 72. Uh, so in a decade, let's, let's work with the, the, okay, the, so, the whole numbers. All right. 
So, so by, by the time I, I'm 80. Yes, you, you will answer the question, how will I know myself and be known by the people who love me and the people who count on me as adjective, noun, verb, object, epic outcome, and make it as epic as possible. It would have to take you 10 years to be known this way. So by the time I'm 80, the people I know and love and everyone around me and beyond will know me uh, as being a bold and blessing leader who inspires people to be great. How's that? Great. Great. Now, I will, a bold and loving, blessing, 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 blessing leader. Who inspires, inspires people, people to be great. To be great. Now, I'm going to push you a little bit. Good. That's the idea, folks. My bet is you're already known that way. And it wouldn't take, so I'm looking for an exponential shift. Hmm. Meaning, what's the work you haven't yet done? This is a job. You're going to get promoted. What's the work you haven't yet done if you were going to goose that up? And one of the things I say to my uh, participants in the Decade Game Masterclass is, this job, new job title should make you giggle. It should <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah, that would be unbelievably cool. So the terms I would add in are a globally recognized, um, globally recognized as a bold and blessing leader who inspires people to be great. So the extra piece involves the visibility. It's, and it's exponentially larger. So you're getting warmer and warmer, Marco Polo, <laughs> Because one of the things, and I'll explain this in a second, I actually ask people to look at every word they choose. That adjective, the the, the noun, the uh, the subject, the verb, et cetera, et cetera, and goose each one up. And let me tell you why. The way you play the game is it turns out that there's 87,600 hours in a decade. And if you sleep eight hours a night, which I would definitely recommend if you want to look like either you or me at our ages, <laughs> um, that leaves over 50,000 hours. And theoretically, it only takes 10,000 hours to become a world expert. So you can become a world expert in five different areas of your life. And those five areas in the decade game are outlined 10,000 hours around your spiritual journey, your sense of self, the, the real stories that you tell yourself, the stories you're gonna let go of, 10,000 hours in your relationship with the people you love. Cause somehow, for some reason, it's the hardest to be our best self with the people we love the most. And there's 30,000 hours divided into three different areas of right relationship with the world. And only 10,000 of that is whatever they're paying you for. Another 10,000 is learning for the love of learning. And the last 10,000 is your gifts of yourself into the community. So uh, 
And you, your actual job is to be the CEO, the chief experience officer, and the CIO, the chief investment officer of your talents, your trust, your time, and your treasures. And, and so that's the job is you've got 50,000 hours to invest plus talents, trusts, and treasures. And that would allow you to get to a whole new level of epic for each one of those words. So th that's what I want you to work on is each one should be epic. Ooh, so globally recognized, sorry, I have to work with two there. That's okay, uh, that's okay. You know, iteration, this is all about design thinking. And if you iterate seven times in design thinking, you'll get to a thousand times better answer. Okay. Um, globally recognized. Um, seen. That's the simplest simplest way I can distill it. Um, it the word global is redundant. Um, so it, although on first blush, uh, it seems more accurate um, to say globally recognized, but to be seen and accepted uh, as a bold and blessing leader. I don't have a better word than bold. I've yeah. spent years coming to that word because bold in the U.S. culture, man, homogenized is, is the convention in U.S. culture. And I don't want to be homogenized, pasteurized, or anything else. I want to be bold. <laughs> hey, you're looking at someone who loves the word epic. So, <laughs> so I'm just going to, you know, in the book, uh, I actually give people a bunch of words to inspire them. Um, but so, for example, you say leader. I like playing with words like change maker, shape shifter, things that are iconic. So I'll give you an example. I also like coming up with new words because when you think about it, probably half the job titles that exist today didn't exist 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be the same thing in the future. So uh, for example, let me give you my decade game for 80 because I just created that game. Wouldn't it be cool if I knew myself and was known by the people who love me and the people who count on me as an intergenerational restorer, restorer, naming the dances that are longing to happen. Mm. An intergenerational restorer, naming the dances that are longing to happen. Now, do I really know what that means? No. Did I really know what organizational shaman meant? No. However, once you're able to, and here's the thing about the deck again, you're not playing it in the future. This is a job search. You're playing it right now. So for example, as soon as at 60, when I said I'm the organizational shaman, inspiring humans to live epic lives, a week later, I got remarried. So I retired from EY, I got remarried. And in, instead of choosing to go to a beach for our honeymoon, my husband and I chose to climb Kilimanjaro. Now I had never met a shaman, but I'm thinking, I don't think a shaman would go to a beach in Fiji. 
Like, so what would a shaman who wants to inspire epic do? So all of a sudden, you begin to look at your choices differently. You begin to look at what are the experiences I need to have? What are the things I want to learn? Who do I want to learn with and from? And those become the choices that guide your decisions. So that's why it's, um, do I know what a restorer is yet? No. <laughs> but what I'm, <clears throat> uh, I know that I have a gift, which is to see the dances that are longing to happen in people. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And um, there's so much more I can go into here. And I, and I want to go a little bit further with me as a model. Okay. Uh, because you spoke about intergenerational, which has been part of my work the last couple of years, uh, recognizing that um, part of my job is, is legacy. And what I leave behind um, and connecting with those younger as a resource, not to tell them what to do, but be, being the trusting advisor for them or trusted advisor for them, uh, who they feel they can come to. Um, so I get that piece in my way. Your way could be very different because um, that word intergenerational really hit with me. And let me just say, in order to sort of take the pressure off, everything doesn't have to be in that decade destination. I mentioned that you've got 50,000 hours. And so the real part of the game is once you name your purpose, your life's work, and once you give yourself an evocative, epic, giggly, juicy job title, then you've got um, you'll see in, uh, as you read the book, there are five pillars that hold up this temple. And that's, uh, those pillars each are a game within a game. And you get a chance to name each of the pillars as well. So for example, um, I named my, um, well, let's talk about my 70 to 80 game. Um, I've named my learning pillar, which is one of the five pillars that I'm gonna put 10,000 hours into, the wisdom of the ages. Now, I don't know what that means either, but what I know is that I'm gonna spend 10,000 hours being curious about what does wise, what does wise mean when you're five? What's longing to happen when you're 10? What about when I'm my mother who's 95? So to be curious about the wisdom of the ages, including ancestral wisdom and future generational wisdom in order to be um, uh, an evolutionary leader for the epic E-P-O-C-H that, that we're entering into. So, you don't have to get everything right in terms of the decade because you have five other games within the game to play to come up with something juicy and evocative. So for example, your 
um, well, I won't, uh, I think you have to read the book to actually construct the entire game, but I just want to take some pressure off. Well, there you go. I held up the you book, have, folks. <laughs> you have an opportunity to be able to really think about the different areas of your life um, in order to name each of those games around what's the real work now. Because again, your job isn't what someone's paying you to do. And by the way, I've used the DECA game, as have many, in actually doing job searching. Because uh, the being able to know the, your story is really important because every company has a story of, of what they're leaning into. Think about it. Every company has a vision statement of how the world gets better in a way they want to contribute in a unique way. So for example, I you know, work with healthcare companies. Well, every healthcare company has the same vision to make the world healthier, but their decade mission about how they're gonna to contribute to that is unique to them. So to be able to know how to actually interview the interviewer, to be able to have a conversation about the company purpose, the team purpose, that leader's purpose, and then what's their mission? Like, what do they need to get accomplished in the next 10 years that will be transformative? And then share why you're there. It's a whole different way. You know, so much of job searching and job interviewing, as you know, is people talk about what they did in the past, but people hire based on the future. Can they see you in their story? Will you be a hero and make them a hero or heroine in their story? So I use this framework in lots of different ways. This is fabulous. I have to say that. Is there anything we haven't covered yet that we really should, given this time that we have available? Yes. I'm going to do one, one more exercise that everyone can do, and it takes just a second. Forget the whole framework. Forget all of that. When you feel anxious, compressed, angry, resigned, or exhausted, it means you're playing someone else's game and you're knocked out of your energy. As soon as you're aware of that, you might not know what to do, but I'm gonna help you figure out how to get back into your energy. So here's the exercise. <clears throat> Come up with an acronym for an adjective that starts with E, an adjective that starts with P, an adjective that starts with I, and an adjective that starts with C, an EPIC acronym. That, that describes you when you are feeling fully in your power, connected to your purpose, when you are in flow. So for example, my EPIC acronym is empathetic, passionate, innovative, and courageous. So anytime when I'm aware that I'm playing someone else's game, I shut my eyes, breathe deeply and think, oh, empathetic, passionate, innovative, and courageous. And I can find that energy. And when I do, 
I always make better decisions for myself and anyone else who's in the room. So that's how you play the game second by second. So what is your epic acronym mm -hmm. when you really are in flow, in your power, in integrity, in your center, on purpose? Energetic. I'm going to play here, folks. Flow, P-H. Flow. <laughs> I'm actually going to do it as P-H because it's the rebellious side of me. Yeah. Flow. Uh, I um, independent and courageous. Well, I love that we both have courageous because it's my favorite word. It comes from the root core, heart. Yes. And it means to go forward with your heart in your mouth at times of doubt, fear, and uncertainty. And boy, the world needs courageous humans. And we don't need people who are transformational because that translates into, in most businesses, homogenized, commoditized, and all sorts of... You know, all the rough edges have been shaved off as though someone took a plane out and filed them off. We need greatness. We need epic people uh, in order to make the world as it should be. And that is sort of the essence of the game, which is um, how do you know that you actually, that there's no one on earth that's ever walked, that has the same fingerprint as you, that has the same voice timber as you, or the same eye pigmentation, which is why face technology and voice technology work. So what does that mean? It means no one can do what you can do. No one can see what you can see the way you see it. And no one can speak the truth the way you can. And that's a call for epic because we each are, we are unique. And we have, uh, we all have been called for some purpose larger than ourselves. Uh, and um, it's, and you are the author of that story, of your epic. And if you're job searching, you want to join an organization that can see you and accept these qualities in you. Otherwise, we're back to homogenized and pasteurized and commoditized. Absolutely. This has been a lot of fun, and there's so much more in the book. How can people find out more about the book, you, the epic, I'm sorry, the decade game, uh, everything? So you can go to mydecadegame.com, um, and I do two decade game masterclasses uh, every year. You can find out more about that. Uh, you can go to epicwomensplaybook.com. You can buy the book. Uh, and give it to all the people you love on either Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Walmart or anything like that. And you can always write to me at Carolyn, Carolyn at mydecadegame.com. And I promise I'll answer you. Beautiful. 
Thanks so much for making time today. And folks, we'll be back soon with more. I've got my coach hat back on. I'm Jeff Altman, the Big Game Hunter. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did and you're watching on YouTube, share it, leave a comment, click the like button, do something that lets people know it was worthwhile. And I also want to encourage you to visit my website, thebiggamehunter.us. You can find a ton of great information, the blog, schedule time for a paid coaching session with me, find out about my courses, books, and guides, a lot there to help. And lastly, connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter. And I'll tell you point blank, you'll get a lot of no BS career advice from me. Hope you have a terrific day, folks. And most importantly, be great. Take care.